Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special bonus podcast of the Engadget podcast. I'm senior editor Devendra Hardwar. I'm deputy editor Sherlyn Lowe. We are one day away from Apple's WWDC event. This is the next day. This is the next day. We're recovering from that event, but we want to talk to you all about some of the biggest announcements uh, at the event. And that specifically Mm -hmm. is the Vision Pro headset and Apple entering the world of spatial computing. Uh, but before we get there, Sherlyn, is there anything you want to mention about this WWDC? How do you feel? Because you were getting over something yesterday. I caught something on this trip. Nothing to do with Apple, really. I caught it right <laughs> before, over the weekend in San Francisco. I happened to go to like a playground or two or something because kids are so disgusting, I guess. Anyway, hey, I love y'all kids, but uh, y'all really need to watch out for kids germs sometimes. Kids it's are gross. gross. Uh, the day um, after my son went to daycare, like, yeah, he immediately caught something. So. Mm. So it goes. That's what I hear. Yeah. But um, the, the event itself was nice. I mean, um, this is your first WWDC, Devendra. It is, My, yeah. Uh, how, were you impressed with everything? I, I generally think Apple runs a pretty well-run ship, but this year was a little bit more flustered than usual. It's a little bit. It's my first time at the Apple Spaceship Campus. It all looks really cool. It's a beautiful campus, uh, incredible buildings. There was one building where I tested the Vision Pro, and I'll talk more about that, that just had like a gigantic wide um, opening into mm. into the park it was almost Jake like sitting in the in the house from parasite where you just have like oh. a full widescreen view of the outside it was, it was kind of incredible but yeah the the scheduling and stuff was kind of a mess because we were running all around apple park so now i fully know the layout of apple park and i'm tired of running around that place so it's very cool i'm glad i got to go um, but yeah, yeah. Y- you've been to a few of these, Sherlyn. Like, how does this WWDC stack up to others for you? I have, this is my second one because the the mm-hmm. others I've covered remotely during the pandemic. Really, this is their second return to an in person WWDC, mm-hmm. and they still had a stage where they showed us a video. You know what I mean? Like we were watching <laughs> non real people talk. Usually, in, in in prior to the pandemic, the WWDC would have actual speakers on stage. It would be live, like a real concert. And this time, we all watched a video, and it was. Not great, um, but other than the fact that there were hardware demo opportunities right after. Um, and as usual at WWDC, you kind of have to walk like <laughs> what feels like five miles to get to the next uh, zone to check out the, the hardware instead of right outside of the um, Unfortunately, the area. Steve Jobs Theater is about a 10-minute walk from the from the keynote area. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that trek is not fun. There are golf carts going around everywhere. But initially, we had to do that walk. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad I got to be here. I'm glad I got to hang out with you. And we hung with Chris Velasco and worked with him a bit. We talked with other uh, journalists at this event, too. Mm-hmm. Scott Stein from CNET, a bunch of folks that, you know, I Lauren really Good, like respect in the space. Nicole Nguyen, sure, it was yeah. so fun to meet both of them for me. Um Yes, but the, the the news itself this year, okay. People keep thinking. Mm-hmm. I, I heard of, from friends who are like, "Oh no, I feel FOMO for not going because I feel this might be historic." And I'm like, "Is it though? Do you feel like it was historic?" No, this is definitely a historic launch event for Apple, and that's kind of mm-hmm. why I really wanted to come to this one because all the rumors pointed to Apple doing a headset, something around a headset, right? So mm-hmm. that would be an entirely new space for Apple. This is not a company that gets into new product categories very quickly. And when it does, it tends to be a big deal. 
I'm thinking mm-hmm. of the iPod. I'm thinking of the iPhone. Um, until now, like for the past decade, Apple has not had as major launches as that, right? The the AirPods are accessories for the iPhone. The Apple Watch is an accessory for the iPhone. They're, they're interesting. It's new spaces, yeah. but they're not like fundamentally redefining how this company rethinks computing. And a headset would do that. And I think Apple did do that with the Vision Pro. So I have a lot to say, but first of your, your thoughts, Sherlyn, on the Vision Pro Mixed Reality headset? Um, I mean, it looks really interesting. A lot of people have pointed out that the design looks like a cross between like a HoloLens and a Quest. Um, and it does kind of look like that. I am intrigued by the modular design. I want to know how to fit different head sizes, different, you know, hair types. Um, and also they seem to have thoughtfully designed it around people with different eyesight needs. Um, specifically people with vision, but like with, you know, myopia or astigmatism, that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, it seems like a thoughtful approach. I'm also really intrigued by the software. It looks like they've, they've thought to do a lot of things that don't necessarily, it's not necessarily what we've seen in VR so far. It's not just work. It's not just gaming. It's a mix of a lot of different things. It's entertainment. It's, it's, you know, work and, the pa- the mix of of XR and VR in this or AR and VR in this that's where it, it really gets me. Uh, you've you've uh, checked it out, right? I did a demo, so let me so jealous. give the pitch I'm here so for jealous. anybody. Yeah, um, hopefully Sean's gonna get one today too. But the the broad pitch, if you have not read our reporting, please go do that because I just wrote two thousand words for my hands on <laughs> last night too. Um, this is a mixed reality headset. Uh, it is it is a very nice one of those, but it reminds me a lot of the MetaQuest Pro. It is $34.99. It runs mm. a new operating system called Vision OS. And Vision OS basically uh, looks like you took your iPod or, sorry, your iPhone or iPad mm. apps and put it, just layered them in front of the real world. Um, so, yeah, you could, it, 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 like you're saying, Sherlyn, it is more than just games, more than just like right. metaverse stuff or working, you know, doing virtual work. It right. is just computing. Like there, there's yep. a simplicity to it. It is using Safari on a you know virtual yeah. screen that is huge, that is enormous. Yeah. It is calling people on FaceTime while you're wearing a headset and collaborating on a document together. But it's also a lot of things we expect from VR. It is, um, yeah, it'll let you watch movies and videos in like yeah. a private theater mode. It'll let you watch your photos and panoramic photos in like incredibly immersive views. Apple has also created a whole new thing called, um, I think it's called Apple Interactive Video. I have to look up the name of that again. But it's a whole new video format. It's a 180 Mm -hmm. degree uh, VR video. They're shooting Mm -hmm. it on a new 8K camera that Apple has developed as well. Um, So if you think like we've seen a lot of 360 degree VR videos, right? We've been seeing them for pretty much a decade now. I think they tend to look blurry and fuzzy. And if they're not stereoscopic, they look really bad. This is just 180 degrees, but it's sort of like peering into a window into the real world. It is so Mm. sharp and so clear on this thing. And I I think like that Apple is just getting so many things right. The hardware behind this thing is also really interesting, too. It is running dual 4K micro OLED panels. Mm -hmm. Micro OLED is something we have not seen um, really on any consumer devices. On consumer products, yeah. Yeah, Samsung kind of announced that with the wall. Uh, TV, and that's not something for everybody to buy. So these are incredibly sharp, incredibly dense screens. Uh, The headset itself is powered by an M2 chip plus a new R1 chip uh, for recognizing hand gestures. Oh, yeah, there's no controller, too. Like, everything is done with hand gestures. It is 
very simple and elegant. And I also think it has a lot of problems, just like so many VR things. Like looking at this, Sherlyn, do you think do you do you think it looks comfortable? Do you think this is something you'd want to wear all day? Man, I don't know because I haven't tried it on. I think you have, so you'd better know. But I also was curious what do you think of the accuracy of those controls, right? Like, is it good at detecting when you've pinched your fingers? Is it good at detecting when you've, you know, made contact with your index and uh, index finger and thumb? And also your eye gaze detection. That's a big part of it, right? Yes, it has eye gaze detection. And whenever mm-hmm. I see eye gazing in a, in a VR headset, it is like a freaking superpower, right? It is you, you put mm-hmm. your eyes to a button or menu option and it's just highlighted. It is almost like telepathic capabilities. So this <laughs> has feels, eye yeah. tracking as well. Yeah, that's one of the first things I set up uh, when I did my demo. I think the hand gestures, there's a pinch gesture for selecting things. Uh, your hand does not have to be visible in the screen because there's like our cameras below the front of the headset uh. and everything that can see, yeah, what, what you're not actually looking at. So there's a pinch gesture for selecting. There's pinch and drag for scrolling left and right. I learned a fun gesture of a pinch and a flick to go up and down a website really easily. And I felt like Tom Cruise in Minority Report, right? The yeah. the scene yes. people keep talking about is like him holding up his hands, yes. him pushing windows all over the place. I was like, oh, man, they got it. They got it more than anybody else. And that alone is pretty impressive. So I hope you get a demo soon, Sherlyn, because then, yeah, I'm sure you'll have more fully formed thoughts on this. But, you know, just, just looking at the hardware, how do you, would you be intrigued? Would you want to wear this all day? I, I mean, look, here's here's one feature that they demoed during the keynote and I just lost my mind, right? It was the one where you're wearing the headset. And this is this is a feature that only Apple can do, okay? Mm-hmm. It's where you wear the headset, you walk up to your MacBook and you open it. <laughs> and boom, uh-huh. you can use it in that virtual environment as if it were like right there. It's too cool. It's this is We called it. We called Apple it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we, we were talking about the lap, the glasses free, well, the screen free laptop, kind of the same idea. Um, but but the way Apple has you know worked on handoff and SharePlay and AirPlay over the years, this is clearly all feeds into that, and it's going to be seamless. You just know it because Apple products work very well with each other, and this will be the only VR headset that works this well with a laptop. Because who else? I guess the Hololens can work well with a Surface laptop if no. Microsoft tried. No, so I, I, I get really excited for that. And Magic Leap, like those guys, they pioneered the space, but they quickly went to enterprise. They went to businesses that want to use like 3D manipulation of augmented reality stuff, but they didn't have to think about like, how does a normal person use this? Why would you have this by your desk or something? Exactly. I think that idea of blowing, you know, sitting down in front of your MacBook, blowing up the screen into something enormous and having this private view, you could put Windows anywhere. Um, when I was opening up windows, I could like pinch them and drag them to different corners mm. of my vision. When you open a new window, they all kind of like mm-hmm. float to make room mm-hmm. for it too. It's all very like intuitive and very nice. Um, let me quickly go over my demo, right? So yeah, yeah. I got to this, I got to this space. Um, I basically got a note about doing a last minute Apple meeting. Um, I took a golf cart to the space. Uh, they used an iPhone to, uh, measure my face. They mapped my face, mm. so I had to move my face around, like when you set up Face ID. I showed this phone my ears because it does um, it does specialized audio mapping for spatial audio. I went into another room and I gave somebody my glasses, and they put them in a machine to like measure mm. like what my glasses the degree prescription yeah. is. Yeah. So I don't know if they like right there just made a, a spare lens in like ten minutes while I was waiting for this thing. But they definitely, by the time I was wearing a Vision Pro headset, it looked perfectly fine in my eyes uh, without glasses. So they clearly got my prescription or something close to it. Yeah. Um, 
when I got to put on this thing, like it is, it is a headset. Like you hold the front, you pull the rear strap, you pull it over your head. One thing that was interesting is that this one had a top strap. And mm. that is not in any of Apple's images. It's not in any of the opening videos. Um, I've asked representatives there and they're like, yeah, this has a modular design. So you could use a top strap if you needed it. And that almost makes me feel like they're obfuscating the sort of like more VR-like complexities that you mm-hmm. typically see on a headset like the MetaQuest. So mm-hmm. it almost feels like they're kind of hiding that little. Um, but yeah, for this demo, I had a top head strap. It feels good. It feels comfortable, especially with the rear head strap, but it still feels a little tight around my eyes. Um, so that is one of those things, um, as amazing as this is, this is still a headset. This is still a device yeah. that will be on your face. You get a little sweaty. You won't forget you have it on. You also have to carry around a little uh, USB battery pack to keep it going mm-hmm. uh, when it's not plugged into a computer. So it, it's not. It's like an anchor battery pack, right? You could put it in your pocket. You could put it in a chair next to you, but you won't forget it's there. Um, and that's required to get this thing running. So I did that. I did the setup. I did eye tracking setup. I looked at some photos incredibly sharp, incredibly crisp. Mm. I looked at some panoramic stuff. It just like fills your entire field of vision. It really will make you appreciate your panoramic photos more. Mm-hmm, I took a look mm-hmm. at the sort of like 3D photos and 3D videos uh, that Apple showed off with this thing too. Uh, you can take these by, while you're wearing the headset, the front cameras can basically capture 3D moments. And it's really cool. You see you see a little kid like um, blowing out candles on their birthday and having fun. It's almost like literally capturing a memory from your brain and putting Mm -hmm. it back in a playback mode. So that's kind of cool. Damn. But let me tell you, I started to think about that, right? And this is where the downsides come in. To take that memory, you have to be wearing this headset. You have to be a parent. And you won't be in the memory. Yeah. Yeah. In this this crucial moment. So you couldn't actually be present in that space. In that moment, uh, your kid will see you wearing this weird thing and not really being there. And that is a trade-off. You know, maybe you could put it on a stand or something, but that's a definite trade-off. I did um, FaceTime chat with another Apple person who was wearing uh, their own headset. And I saw this computer version, this computer-generated persona of themselves. And it just looked creepy. It's it's just like a weird CG model. Um, it looked inhuman. So that that is what other people will see when you FaceTime them. And I feel like if you FaceTime your mom or your dad... They don't want to see a weird dead CG version of yourself. They want to see your <laughs> face. They want Maybe to see they, your well, imperfections. I mean, uh, my parents might prefer it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that, that that's up to you and your parents, really. But I think most people will be like, <laughs> I want to I want to see my kid. I want to see the human. I want to see the human that I created, not this weird CG copy of them. And those sorts of things kind of just made me start thinking about like, you know, it, it is still very much a VR thing. It is isolating. It is not an experience you can easily share with other people. Sure, I was able to see Avatar 2 in like a beautiful 4K 3D um, you know, version. I went to a, a virtual theater, which made me feel like I was in the front row of a multiplex. Like it looked amazing. Front um, row is bad. So many of these things. Okay. Yeah, it looks amazing. I did this like dinosaur demo where a dinosaur came out of the wall and sniffed my hand. And it looks so uh, like it looks so clear. But again... It's only something I could see. I couldn't like enjoy it easily with my kids side by side. I've talked to some Apple folks and they're like, yeah, well, um, maybe maybe you could have multiple headsets to kind of share these experiences. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't say this, oh, but yeah. I was like, F off. $7,000 like, really? to spare. Yeah, yeah. another $3,500 for these things. So clearly, I think this is a really cool tech demo. I think for the people who afford it and they want developers um, to to get this thing, to to build for it, 
This is not a mainstream consumer product. This is like Apple launching the Mac Pro and being like, look at this amazing computer, but there's no Mac or MacBook, um, you know, readily available. That's yeah. the thing. I think this is a pitch for the long term. Um, would you want to buy this thing or would you want like, to wait I was a couple gonna say, to see how it gets cheaper? Right. I was going to say, do you think it's going to get cheaper? Because it said a lot. My speculation was that there's the name Pro and the, you know, the word Pro in the name. Yep. And so maybe there's a watered down version coming and what, you know, difference is what trade offs will you make to save some money. That, that is a, it's a reasonable assumption g- given how Apple yeah. names its products, right? We didn't get the AirPods Pro first. We got the AirPods first. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a MacBook Pro first. We got a MacBook first. So, I feel like Apple's going a little backwards here. Unlike the iPhone or even the iPod, I think like those were a little more fully formed in terms of like what you could actually sell to consumers. Sure, the the iPhone didn't really get good until it got 3G and it got an app store and mm. that took a couple of years. But the vision of what the iPhone was, I think, was very clear at launch. I think that vision is pretty clear here, too. But this is not a device people are going to want uh, within the next five years. Maybe we'll get a cheaper one, you know, in several years. And that could maybe be more compelling. I almost wonder if Apple's like, it's just the pitch. It's just incepting the idea of spatial computing into people. So when they do initially, when they launch something that's like 1000 to $1,500, people aren't going to be like, man, that is a lot of money for a pair of computer goggles. They'll be like, oh, man, that is so much cheaper than the $3,500 Vision Pro. I have to have one. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like that's where we're headed. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... Yeah, I think it has to be a little bit cheaper for me to even consider it. I don't know that I'll buy it like for a few years. I want to see the different use cases. I also will wait till it's more people are on it. I think so far the the potential use cases and like mm-hmm. I don't know, it still seems very like limited. Um, but I see a future now, right? That Apple is on it where we do do this more. Um, I don't know. I I I I you know what? If you're listening to this, you send us your thoughts. <laughs> Podcast at Engadget.com. Podcast Engadget.com. Um, I will, uh, my vision is like, my vision for the vision is that Apple needs to hit like $1,000, like 1000 to $1,500, mm. which is kind of the sweet spot entry point for a good ultra portable laptop, right? Like that is what you expect a MacBook Air to cost or an XPS 13. And at the end of the day, this is, it is a headset, but it's also a computer. It's also a personal computer. It's also something that can like increase the the power and potential of your existing computing devices. So mm-hmm. again, uh, keeps you in the Apple ecosystem. Makes reinforces like, oh, I shouldn't buy an XPS. I should keep buying Macs because I can do this cool mm-hmm. thing with this headset. I feel like mm-hmm. that's where everything is headed. Um, at the end of the day, like we we mentioned this too, Apple. I don't think people really want to wear headsets. You know, people who wear glasses don't actually want to wear glasses like i right, have to right to see the world but i don't want to wear glasses um i think in like 10 years when we have the capability of something like holographics the ability to see virtual things digital things in the real world without a screen without glasses in front of our faces apple will just be in a prime position to to own that space you know because nobody else is going this hard at it right I think if you look at um, a lot of people were like, oh, how much, how, uh, you know, how much do you want to bet that uh, AI is going to be a focus of WWDC? And it actually wasn't really even mentioned that much. We're looking at people are going for, um, you know, chasing generative AI, whereas for Apple, the buzzword seems to be spatial computing. And you know what that reminds me of, right? When I heard the word spatial computing, I actually thought of Google's vision, which was ambient computing. Google's <laughs> been pushing ambient computing for so long. It's not spatial, yeah. obviously. 
Um, it's not the same as not VR. Um, but what you're describing with the holograms and everything reminds me more of ambient computing. What's what Google wants to do with is every surface in your real world can be a computer, and therefore you can interact with it eventually, potentially. Um, Problem is, it looks like Google's given up on that for a little bit in the race to <laughs> what? AI Google domination. Google gave up on the product category. I don't know if they fully gave up, but uh, I think they're 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 setting that aside while they chase AI. You know, while they chase um, other things. It is funny. Um, Apple did mention AI like things at WWDC. They said hmm. transformer yep. model several times, and a transformer model mm-hmm. is a neural network, which is AI. Mm-hmm. So. It almost seems like Apple is going through great great pains not to directly say AI or make people yeah, think about yeah. generative AI, right? It's all very purposeful. Let me let me ask you this, Sherlyn. Um, do you think it's weird that Tim Cook or Craig Federighi or any of Apple's people, we didn't see them wearing this headset? There's no footage. There's no photos. There's no like, wow, this is making my life better. Do you think that's odd? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, given the keynote hammed up Craig Federighi so much, there was so yeah, much. You yeah, know, like a triple hammed, like, uh, Stratcaster guitar at some point. I think, yeah, yeah. Um, and they didn't have him in the Vision Pro, or they didn't have. They had like a lot of models and a lot of actors, maybe in the thing for their keynote. It is a good point. I didn't even think about it actually. Wonder why I think it's. it's it's very, again, we're all speculating. I think Mark Gurman is tweeting about this as well. He's like, is Apple doing mm-hmm. meme control? Do they not want the executives mm. to look silly while wearing this thing? Which is an, a, kind of an admittance that these things look silly. You it probably silly. Maybe yeah, don't yeah. want to be, maybe you don't want to be in Starbucks or in an airplane doing this, even though you can have like a great immersive computing view. Um, I think that's interesting. Maybe something worth paying attention yeah. to. And maybe this is unfair, but I do feel like the great thing that Steve Jobs always did, he was a great pitch man. And he was a great pitch man in terms of like what a consumer wants. So his pitch for the iPod was like, you know, what, 20,000 songs in your pocket. His pitch mm-hmm, for the iPhone mm-hmm. was it's a world-class phone, it's a world-class, you know, uh, all these things. It's a, a world-class web pocket, browser yeah. and an iPod in your pocket. And it's always about him using it, him showing it off. And now mm. we're at a point where Apple just doesn't do that. Like they will play the nice promo video. They'll be like, this is the future of computing. But they're not actually representing the future of computing. They're actually, right. uh, you know, eating their dog food, as it were. I think that's odd and maybe something we should be thinking about. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like if Steve Jobs I mean, were here doing the presentation, he'd be he'd have that thing. Like he doesn't care. He would not DGAF about like how silly he looked. He'd be like, this is my baby. And I made this thing and look how cool it is and look what you could do with it. Yeah. I guess they don't care about, I mean, yeah, maybe is they're worried about looking silly or funny, but then they put Greg Federighi in those costumes. I guess that's controlled memification. They wanted that type of memeing, but not a headset meme i don't know that is just weird to me also speaking of um tim cook did pose uh for photos next to the vision pro at that um steve jobs theater uh demo space and there were just mobs of people surrounding him i think i would i mean i me and joel our video producer were there shooting b-roll and i looked across the thing i was like oh people are clearing out it looks like but no they were leaving my side of the circle and they left the other side because (laughs) tim 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 cook was there yeah, and everyone wanted to get the photo of him next to the headshot because why not? I mean, the headset because that's the photo you're going to use in all your posts after this. But it's just um, he didn't touch it. He didn't put it on. Uh, he's just posing next to it. I was like, bro, you could just, you know, you're Tim Cook. The rest mm-hmm. of us were not allowed to touch this. Those were probably unfunctional, but yeah, they, they were lighting up. So clearly something was working there. <clears throat> Again, I think that's weird. We I saw, I was actually mm-hmm. looking at Good Morning America this morning and um, one of the hosts was talking to him. They were at the campus. And again, they're just in a room pointing to this thing 
like like it's a there's a weird disconnect mm-hmm. between him very and careful so anyway yeah the, the the ones that you tested out right did those mm-hmm. look the same as the ones we saw on display yeah 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 they look the same except they had the top head strap which was very curious to me because I think Apple's selling this like, oh, you have just this rear head strap. It's very easy to put it on and off. It's not like an, a MetaQuest. It's not like these cheaper devices. Mm. And I think at the end mm. of the day, it could just be like one of those if you need a top head strap. So anyway, we're going to have more thoughts on WWDC 23 uh, at our regular episode. So join us uh, Thursday morning around 1030 a.m. Yeah. Eastern on our YouTube channel for our live stream. We'll talk about the MacBook Air 15 and all that other stuff. But I really just wanted to get our thoughts out about the Vision Pro. So anything else you want to add, Jolyn? No, I just definitely come listen to the Thursday or Friday episode, whether it's on the audio platform or on our YouTube channel live at like the just at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Um, uh, thoughts on iOS, thoughts on macOS, thoughts on some of the new stuff. I really I urge you to come. I have so many thoughts. Yes. Awesome. All right. Join us then. As always, folks, you can find me online at, at Devendra on Twitter.com. Uh, I'm at Devendra at Mastodon.social. I'm also on Blue Sky. Sherlyn, anywhere you want to pitch out. I am on Twitter still at Sherlyn Lowe. I am at Blue Sky uh, at Sherlyn.bsky.social. Thanks, Devendra, for the invite. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, uh, elsewhere at Engadget.com, you'll find all my details. And as always, folks, if you have questions or comments about any of this stuff, email us at podcast at Engadget.com. Thanks, folks. We're out. Bye.